You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz, and along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2016. And boy, if there was ever a time when we needed an outlet to expose the half-truths, the hot air, the smoke screens that you're seeing in politics, the false choices, the false narratives, not even knowing what what story is important, that time is now. I want to continue a little bit with the narrative I broached last week about the left winning 50-year battles, 50-year cultural battles overnight, the fact that we literally do not have an opposition party, again, irrespective of where you are with Trump or not, down ballot, we don't have any Republican opposition anywhere. And I want to move towards some solutions, what I think the key battle is going to be, and that is to rip a line off of Trump, making state legislatures great again. That's where I want to head with this. And, you know, first, it's just my privilege to bring back our in-house co-host, Joe Koss. Now, you've kind of been MIA recently. I've taken taken the steering wheel and just uh, run, run with it. Lots to say last week, but we're really happy to have you back. Well, you know, it's good to be back. I mean, I don't mind you grabbing the steering wheel. It's not that I've been MIA. It's more that I get to just sit in the back of the, the truck or the van or whatever it is we're driving here and just kind of relax and, and listen to you. It's It's been enjoyable in this difficult political season to to sort of get up and get out of bed in the, you know, in my mind, in the sense of, you know, what we have to face and what conservatives face, and especially as we're both family, you know, people. But I still feel with the comments you make and other conservatives out there that there is a way to bring back conservative principles into our country and into our society. It just, we might have to take a different route than we were before. And that, you know, and that's the thing. Look, you guys know, if you don't know by now, I'm married. I got three young boys, rambunctious boys. I don't need this. We all don't need this. It just, it takes everything out of us. It's very difficult. You know, we kind of work 70, 80 hours a week following all this stuff in Congress and the judiciary and the states and doing media. But we can't just sit back. That's the thing. We can't lose without firing a shot. Because we have a Republican Party that is losing without firing a shot. We must fire those shots. I want to set the table, Joe, just for what's kind of going on, where we want to take this, to encapsulate this this notion that Democrats are winning 50-year battles overnight. May 1961, President John F. Kennedy, Democrat president, said, we will put men on the moon. May 2016, we got a Democrat president. 55 years later, we will put men on the moon. And women's restrooms. All right, that I, I just want to give over. That is how far we've we, we've moved. We we used to have Democrats like JFK, patriotic, limited government. They couldn't relate to transgenderism, legal alien, Muslim Brotherhood craziness. And now you have the entire Democrat Party roped into this craziness, and the ninety percent of the Republican Party either on half the issues carrying the water for them. 
The other half of the issue is doing absolutely nothing to fight them. Just to summarize what's going on in Congress this week. As always, you have them pushing jailbreak, criminal justice reform, registering millions of more Democrat felon voters. Republicans are helping them push that. You have John McCain and Mitch McConnell, the leaders in the Senate, saying women need to be drafted. Right. Thankfully, the House took out that provision from the NDAA, but the Senate still uh, still has it there. You have them confirming, Republican Senate confirming a liberal judge this week. We have that article up. Paula Zinnis, an anti-cop judge who was opposed by the entire Maryland Fraternal Order of the Police. You know, so that's pretty rare. She, was, she must have been pretty bad, as, as we chronicle. Um, you got illegals that, that, that are invited into the military with a resolution in this NDAA. Republicans, again. You have the Puerto Rico bailout. That's what, what, that's what they're working on. You have, they're fighting over the Confederate flag on, on graves in federal cemeteries. So they're, they're withholding the appropriations for veterans affairs because Democrats are scaring Republicans into supporting their ongoing war on history and taking away Confederate flags from graves of Confederate soldiers in federal cemeteries. Again, this is the absurdity. And one final thing, you know, we have up, we have several articles on this, the war on the suburbs, the fundamental transformation, the AFFH, um, where Obama is literally having HUD extort states and localities into rezoning their suburbs to bring in high crime, low income, you know, type of type of rentals and low income units for for housing, overriding federalism, property rights. This is such a great issue. Imagine if we had a Republican Party. It's in one of my top 10 issues we could you know, use to fight Democrats, provide a bold, sharp contrast headed into the November elections. Yet Republicans are downright sabotaging conservatives from drawing that contrast. They're putting up this phony amendment that makes it seem like they're fighting it, but it gives Democrats cover and allows them to vote for it, marginalize Mike Lee and his effort. We don't have a party. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, Joe. We say this every week, but we don't have a party fighting back. Where do we head here? Joe, I think the key lies in state legislatures. We need to fight back on a state level. And this is mul- there, there are multiple things we have to do. We've mentioned some on our previous podcasts and our writings. Um, certainly Mark Levin has been discussing this in his book, The Liberty Amendments, Article 5, Convention of the States, to look long term. We need to stop looking beyond nothing but the next election. Oh, okay. Romney versus Obama. You're going to let Obama win? No, no, we need Romney. Trump versus Hillary. This lesser of two evils, like we said, I'm not going to rehash this. It's a false choice. Do what you want, but it's not the most important thing. It's what are we going to do to stop this in the long run? And and, And in my mind, the only way to do this is to fight back in the states. You know, I want to get your thoughts because, you know, Joe, as you know, if anyone does not know, Joe worked in the Michigan state legislature, has a lot of experience in state politics. And I think, you know, I'd like to share some of that with our audience and where where we're headed. But you look at the states and we really have a big opportunity. There's more solidly red states than blue states. Right. That's our advantage, even though in terms of federal representation, especially in the House, Presidential elections, you know, population plays a role, but each individual state, you know, has its own government, 
and there are more conservative states than liberal states. We should easily have at least 25 states with super majorities in the legislature and governors where we could be pushing back against Obamacare. We could be pushing back against the transgender agenda. We could be pushing back against illegal immigration. We could be pushing back against the erosion of property rights. We could be pushing back against this cultural Marxism, against the judicial tyranny, and saying no, no. (laughs) You know, we always say what the federal government's doing is unconstitutional. Okay, but then we don't want to act on it. And I think the only legitimacy, the only platform we could ever create to successfully push back, to create a bench of conservatives to begin starting a third party, and to work on Mark Levin's broader long-term plan of Article 5 conventions to fix the 100-year problem of, of a post-constitutional tyranny is through the states, it's through state, state legislatures. Yet, Joe... What do you think about this? Don't we have half the states where we have super majorities or at least majorities in both houses and Republican governors? Why is it we barely see? You see a little bit in Texas with Greg Abbott. You see now with North Carolina, one or two other governors or state legislatures. The rest of them are even worse than the national Republicans. Why is that? And is that what you saw in the Michigan legislature? To start off, I want to answer a question with a question, uh, just as an illustrative kind of point. Why out of a solidly red state like Utah do we have a senator like Orrin Hatch? And I think that that idea kind of sums up everything, where for some reason we've allowed state legislatures in, in solidly red areas to continue to elect establishment-type people because I think people are a a combination of naive, disaffected, and just uh, hands-off when it comes to these things. They they worry about the big, glamorous fights like the presidency. Exactly. And and look, we have conservative review, too, where we focus mainly on federal issues. We're trying to focus a little bit more on state issues. So there's no transparency in the stuff they do, the bills they pass, the— you know, but, but we also believe the lie that, oh, uh, states and all these things come down to districts and some districts you can't get. You know, you, you're, you're never going to get a Mike Lee out of New York. Well, you're right. We're, we're probably not going to get a Mike Lee from a place like you, New York. But you got to at least fight the fight. And when you have an opportunity, you've got to take it. But we've seen time and time again where we put up really good conservatives and they just get crucified in the primaries because, oh, they dare to challenge the establishment incumbent and they don't have the money they don't have the media support and we've gone through this but you know joe you're right with that and i, I want to take that and run with it with the the blue state versus the red state thing why don't we have mike lee's in the south and the great plains and the rocky mountain states why don't we have more ted cruises why is it every mississippi alabama you, you know you got um tennessee you got corker and alexander you got tillison bird right. north carolina you got um, Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. What is going on there? You know, Kansas. And, and the thing is, we are underutilizing the map. Democrats, every blue state has, you know, a Dianne Feinstein and a Barbara Boxer like you have in California. You have in every and the truth is you have it in the red states, too. <laughs> you know, Joe Manchin, as we pointed out, he's just as liberal as all of them. He couches his rhetoric a little a little bit. Why don't we have at least 25 30 because, solid Republican conservatives. Because, conserv- because Republicans, not conservatives, but Republicans are 
afraid to lose. They play not to lose. It's sort of like when you get a lead in sports, and rather than continuing to try and score and, 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 and you know pad your lead, they sort of sit back and try and protect. It's the worst strategy that you can have. In a place like Michigan, it happens all the time. We had the state, we had the governor, we had the, the House and the Senate. And who was in charge? It was sort of the big government compromising establishment uh, Republicans that ran it because we're really close in the House, and if we lose a couple of seats, we, we won't have the House, and then what? Well, then we'll only have the Senate and the governorship. So what you're basically saying, Joe, is that it's just as bad oh, worse. on a state level. It, if not if not worse, because you don't have heritage action, you don't have conservative right. review. You know, some of these organizations with the score, I mean, you have little organizations in some states, but it's really, it doesn't get the prominence. People don't follow state legislatures, and that's my point. How could we fix Congress, how could we fix the judiciary on the federal level, the executive branch, if we're not even winning on a state level, which is easier to win, it's easier to elect people because they're smaller districts, you don't need as much money to get out there. So that's what I'm saying. It's got to start, you know, if if the Republican Party is irrevocably broken, if they're not fighting in Washington, at least why can't we get 25 states to do what Greg Abbott does in, in Texas, you know, push back. And that's where we need to start, you know, and also like like we're going to demonstrate in this in this broadcast here this is how you begin growing a bench and like I'll explain actually electing more be- more conservatives to a federal level whether they stay within the Republican party my hope is we could eventually have enough to break off and start a third party do you know Joe I I went and counted this was pretty laborious let me get my notes here okay so there's 54 Republican senators in Washington 33 have failing grades from our scorecard. Okay, 33, more than half. Right. I, I'm not even talking about Ds. Right. Right, let's just focus on the Fs. 33 of them have Fs. Um, dude, they're not all from blue states. In fact, almost none of them are from blue states because all the ones from blue states are Democrats anyway. Right, these are y- y- Wicker and Tillis and Burr and Graham McCain. I mean, all these people we should have easily have conservatives. Do you know that in the House... So, you know, you need 218 for a majority. There's about 248 Republicans. 134 failing grades. Again, many of them are in conservative districts. You know, when you, were, you weren't with us last week, um, when I put out the, the podcast on, on, you know, the 50-year battles and what to do, and one of the things I mentioned was the need to switch from primaries to representative con- state conventions. That's how Mike Lee got in. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have a big seminal article, God willing, next week up on this, going through some of the history, that actually it was the progressives that changed the rules. You always had state conventions picking the party nominees for not just president, but for, for House and Senate as well. That changed around 1910, 1915, the same time they got rid of the 17th Amendment. Do you know that this is a way... A backhanded way. Every conservative pretty much wants to get rid of the 17th Amendment now. They recognize the problem that you don't have the states um, electing. You have the direct popular vote, and this is how you get elective despotism like we spoke about. You need a constitutional amendment for that. This, all you need is the 15 states where you have full Republican control, and it's actually more than that. It's more like 25 or so, Um, and and you could just change election law statutorily. Boom. Have a Utah-style convention. You had that in Arizona, John McCain would be gone. You have it in South Carolina, Lindsey Graham would be gone. You have that in Mississippi, Thad Cochran and and uh, Roger Wicker would be gone. 
I know you're going to say Roger who? Well, that, yeah, that that's kind of the right. point. You know, these guys aren't fighting back. They're 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 actually joining with the left on every major issue. Big spending, big government, Republicans. This is how we would get rid of them. But we have to make state legislatures great again. That's the thing. We have to have men on the field. You know, one of the things I want to bring up, um, you know, back in the days when I used to write at Red State, when Mark Levin came out with the Liberty Amendments, I wrote a book review um, you know, on behalf of that book. And one of the points I made was that I said, even if you're not so hot to trot on some of the specific ideas or you think it's kind of unachievable to actually wind up ultimately succeeding in getting the first two-thirds of the states to propose the amendment and then three-fourths of them to actually ratify it, um, you because know, there you're cutting into the solid blue states to, in order to get that number. But the process that you will accrue going through trying to achieve that will be worth it as an end to itself. Kind of like a lot of people say, you know, the the a lot of the space program was a waste of time and you know we didn't find anything in the moon. But NASA developed, you know, for example, they developed Velcro while they were doing that. You know, yeah. there's certain things they invented, some of the processes that that helped get them there. Same thing here. What the biggest thing I like about Mark Levin's focus on the Convention of the States is the need to make states important again and to make prominent state legislative elections. So we have guys that will champion our causes. So maybe it will take 100 years to get a good constitutional amendment passed or whatever, but maybe within two, three election cycles, we'll have enough good guys in the state legislature to do the following. To push back against judicial tyranny, no, we will now have the entire Alabama legislature standing behind Roy Moore, Judge Roy Moore, and saying, no, marriage is a state issue. It has been for all of our history. You cannot redefine it from a bench. We are not doing it. No mas. We are not. You know, you just look at what's going on this week. Again, the federal HUD edict on, on redoing local neighborhoods, local zoning, and the, the Department of, of Education edict on transgender bathrooms in the schools. Right? The states need to say no. Yeah, two or three of them are doing it. We should have 25, 30 states doing that because those are the states that we control. Or when I say we Republicans do, but we're not there yet. We need, and then again, that is how you get conservatives that are willing to upend the system and will agree with us to change election law, move towards state conventions. And that is how you instantly put 15, 20 Senate seats, 60, 70 House seats in play going to win all them you know the establishment they'll play the conventions too but we'll at least be on an equal playing field where you won't need the money the millions of dollars you won't need the media attention the 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 disinformation about all the establishment guys running as conservatives fooling people in popular elections they're not going to fool the grassroots activists at state conventions but we need to change those laws we need more men on the field you know i'm familiar with oklahoma oklahoma is a state where, you know, it's not like Michigan. Michigan is legitimately, it's, you know, it's it's a purplish state. It goes right. Democrat for presidential elections. But the way the state districts are drawn, the state right. politics, we're, we're pretty, you know, pretty well off there compared to some other blue or certainly, you know, even, even purple states. But Oklahoma, Obama lost every single county, right? <laughs> they're, they're not buying that agenda. There. No. Um, it, it would be pretty easy to stand up and say, dude, the transgender bathroom stuff, we're not doing it. Um, the legal immigrant stuff, we're not doing it. Um, the redefining marriage from the federal bench, we're not doing it. But I could tell you, because I've tried to recruit candidates, there's maybe five good guys in the state legislature. Right. <laughs> and in each body, 
Um, and they're known. And, you know, you have a lot of Tom Coles. You know, he's a, he's a congressman where, where, where he comes from in the state legislature. You have a lot of these guys there. And that's what I'm saying. We need to, and I look forward to spotlighting it. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe Joe, maybe this is going to be an extracurricular project of ours. But we need to focus on start from the right goalpost. Start from Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, you name it. Right. Those type of states. And let's say, could we at least utilize the map where the demographics support what we're doing? And we're not even doing that now. Well, I think you could do a lot of things to elect better people. And we could, I mean, we could probably hold a a three-day seminar over a weekend with grassroots people. You know, if we were a group, an outside group that did that sort of thing and and have people come in and, and, and teach them things. And not that we're experts, but, you know, just being on the ground and seeing it. I mean, one of the big things is that the the GOP party as an apparatus still controls a lot. When you give money to a party, they give it to their weakest people. So that means that if I, if I send in a $25 donation to the GOP if, of you know whatever state it is, whether it's Oklahoma, Michigan, or, or Iowa, what they do then is they, they give it to their vulnerable districts. But if we start... It's going to your local Susan Collins so she could go play interference for the Democrats. Yeah, Lisa Murkowski, you know, the people that are are in awful, you know, tight, tight races. I mean, I guess Lisa didn't get a ton of money in in 2010, but, but still, I mean, there are people that get money that you would normally send to. So the big thing is you need to identify who these people are and support them. You know, Justin Amash is a guy in in Michigan that a lot of libertarian and conservatives like. They like him. But he's had to face a primary opponent, and he got a lot of grief when he was in the state house. He's gotten a lot of grief, you know, in Congress from the Republicans themselves. And so that's the thing. We need to support the good guys that are there, and we need to find people at at that next tier, the ones fighting to get in. And help support them. And then we need to make sure that once they get there, that they have to keep their backbone. They have to remember, like, why they went there. If they're going there just for a job, uh, that person's already lost. And and the only way to do it is in numbers. The problem is when they get isolated, they pick them off one one by one. There's a big – what we're doing now, and I've said this. I'm going to write this in another post. I'm going to have a report on primary. Primaries are not working for us. People agree with us on the issues, but all the other guys – the bad guys run as conservatives. They hit our guys with all this smut and all, all these oppo hits. They have the media supporting them. They have the money behind them. You know, Joe, think about this perverse thing for a minute. You have the American – I'm just you know naming two organizations just off the top of my head. You have the Chamber of Crony Commerce and the American Hospital Association loading these guys up with hundreds of thousands of dollars precisely because they're going to fight us, precisely because they're going to do the opposite of what they're saying. But it therefore gives them more money to then go out on the campaign trail and then go and lie and say they're going to do what we're going to – what we want so they can get elected and do the opposite. This is why it's not working. This is why we need state conventions. And the difference is, rather than getting in one good guy to the Senate every five years and maybe five good guys to the House every cycle, it's like drinking coffee with a fork and then half of those lose their way and get picked off. Imagine if we had 10 good guys to the Senate every cycle and, you know, 50, 60 to the House. I mean, again, there's 134 
failing grade Republicans in the House, and most of them are from conservative areas. Daniel, you, you know, ten? You're asking for ten? Let's get let's get three. I mean, imagine if instead of Lisa Murkowski, we're, we're going to get zero. Yeah, this cycle. But ima- right, exactly. So imagine if we had in in the Senate right now a guy like Joe Miller instead of Lisa Murkowski. You go from a from an F to probably an A. You know, um, you you could you could get a handful of other people. You know, we could we could talk about any of them, even people that we think are flawed and, candidates, like a Sharon Angle or a, or you know even dare I say like a Christine O'Donnell or or. But Joe, see, here's the thing: you're going to get better recruits. This is another right. thing. There's a brain drain that, yes. because it is okay. Here here's the here's the statistic. I know we're running out of time. Trivia question. How many times has it happened over the past century that an individual challenged a sitting Republican from the right, specifically from the right in a primary, a sitting Republican senator on a federal level, and successfully beat him and then wasn't damaged enough to then lose the general? So they went on to win, beat him in the primary and the general. One, correct? One time. 1980. Yeah. Al, Al D'Amato in New York against Jacob Javits. Yeah. And that was unique because Jacob Javits ran. Everyone knew he was an unabashed Rockefeller Republican. He got Lou Gehrig's disease right before running. So, you know, people kind of right. wonder why are you running again? Um, and it's not like Al D'Amato wound up being a Ted Cruz. And again, we don't need that in New York. But the question is, why don't we have this anywhere else? And the reason is you can't. And because you can't win primaries, that's why you don't attract such talent. You know, that's why in Arizona, you didn't get people like Matt Salmon to go and challenge because they were like, I don't need this. They're going to throw $30 million of ads against me, dehumanize me. The other guy's going to lie, say, build the dang fence. They're going to take all our positions. You know, they don't need this. You go to a state convention, it is a different story, as Mike Lee demonstrated. Um, and, and, and Orrin Hatch also, by the way, he, he only won because he pledged this will be his last term and his most conservative term. He's done after this. If he were to try to run again, he would be downed in that convention. Right. But the only way to get conventions is to change state law. The only way to change state law is to get better conservatives in state legislature. So if you're out there and you're pretty – and look, I, I, I'm guilty as charged that I'm kind of the grim reaper here with a lot of the bad news on how we're, we're being screwed over in Washington on a congressional level – on a judicial level, executive level. But if you're upset, and and especially if you're in a red state, what you need to do is, look, if you're in a state like North Carolina, your state party is legitimately doing pretty good stuff now, at least on, on one of the seminal issues of our time. And uh, that that's the key. The key is to make your state legislator in a red state even stronger. Yes. Make them, and again, not just the bridges and the highways and the potholes and the garbage collection. You need we all we always complain that the the federalism has been inverted. In other words, stuff that most stuff should be done on a state level, except for national security stuff and and the border and things that have national implications. And but you know it's certainly not the case. Let's make it the case. Let's let's take that turf back. Let's start having that conflict. The founders envision that if the federal government be, would become overbearing, the states would push back. That's why they – the same way they divided the power on a federal level with three branches, they divided the power, so to speak, among the federal, the state, and the people. Those are the three relationships referenced to in the Constitution. And through the people, through the states, need to take back their government – 
Look, this is what you're going to hear endlessly from Mark Levin on LevinTV.com. He he's really been. I'm telling you, I've every night I sit I sit in my bed and uh you know I download the app, listen to it on my iPhone. I just it, it's my daily dose of sanity. Where you know you have one talk show that's not just Trump or no Trump, Trump or everything revolves around Trump now. Um, no, we're we're losing our country. We're losing our our system of government governance. We've lost it already. How do we take it back? It starts in the red states on a state level. That's how we're going to change election law to ensure we elect better federal conservatives, uh, conservatives on a federal level. That is how we get back our country through the convention of the states eventually. That is how we start pushing back against an overbearing federal government and chasing away the barking dogs. You know, and you say, back off. You know, if, if instead of Texas doing it, you had 25 other states doing it, and you see it worked a little bit with Obamacare to a certain extent, if not for the courts going crazy on us, um, you know, they could push back and say, no, this is it. We're always like, this is a state issue. So act like it's a state issue. Right. Stop the diffidence. Stop the lack of, oh, I don't know, a Roy Moore, I don't know, you can't defy a court. Look, if they come around with a scalpel and start mandating sex change operations, they're going to say, well, the court has, it's the rule, it's the law of the land. I mean, I'm just saying, at some point, you're going to have to draw the line. And I think we've, we've crossed that point. 20, 30 years, I can understand people would have been reluctant. We have crossed that line. That's the case I have laid out as well in Stolen Sovereignty. Order it online at Amazon.com. Look, Joe, we've run out of time. Great to have you back, as always. We're going to continue on this theme, making state legislatures great again, making state politics great again, empowering the people bottom up to take back our republic from not just the political elite, but the media elite, Fox News, Roger Ailes, Rupert Murdoch. They don't represent us. We are a new voice of conservative leadership here at Conservative Review. Great to have you all with us. Thanks for listening. God bless. This is The Conservative Conscience. Conservative Conscience.